Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Alice. Hey, Reza- now. Greg, what are you doing here? Hey, what do you mean? What I- Allison, where do you, you come from, Greg? I came from the world of childish, and I just want to make sure that your listeners know that you're just as wonderful on the on the other podcast you do. What if they don't have kids? Don't need them. You don't need them. A lot of our listeners actually tell us they don't have kids. We talk about sex. We talk about all sorts of dirty stuff, but also parenting stuff. Yeah. So check out Childish. New episodes every Wednesday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Producer Tony is in Minneapolis right now rehearsing with his very famous and very important rock band. So I he's not here for me to chat with him about the progress of the termite situation. But I will say I decided to DIY it, which is a very bad idea, I think. But I came in and there's no there were no. I had I had cleaned the termite droppings, the wood shavings last time, came in, and there are still no wood shavings. Now, unfortunately, there is some kind of cocoon with a spider inside it, and there's a fly buzzing around. So my desire to be impenetrable by nature, to have a studio that nature leaves alone, is not happening, but that's okay. I would like to introduce my guest, Sean Kathleen, a former flight attendant who, as I just said, started the super popular Instagram account, Passenger Shaming, where she posts pictures of the outrageous things people do in the air. Um, and she shames behavior, not people. It was named one of Rolling Stone's 100 best Instagram accounts, has 1 million followers, which is wow. It I is. think you have the largest Instagram account of anyone I've had on the show. Welcome. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very excited. Yeah, a million. Isn't that crazy? That's so cool. So I know that you also, you've had a bunch of different jobs, mm-hmm. right? You were a cop at one point mm-hmm. and a paramedic. Yes. How? how talk me. <laughs> how? It's crazy. How? I know. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the one word answers. No, it's crazy. So, well, first of all, I'm like 400 years old. So there's that. Like, because people will be like, oh my God, like, you've had so many jobs. I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I wasn't that person that, of course, you know, I have friends now who are retiring. And I'm like, what? Like, how is that? You know, like I've worked the same job for 25 years and I'm like, nah, that's not how I roll. So, mm-hmm. um, when I was still in high school and I was, I believe 17 or it was right before I got out of high school, I was, uh, taking EMT. I was in EMT school mm-hmm. and then I had to wait until I turned 18 to take the state exam. I remember it was like a whole thing. So I was so excited. So I did that. So yeah. So then that started the paramedic, you know, process. And then once I turned 21, it's just, I wish it was a fun story, but it's just so random. I mean, I'm some cop, I was in an accident. I'm sorry, in the medic that I was driving (laughs) and the guy that wrote me the ticket, then we became friends. And, um, he was like, you should be a cop. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. Like literally. And Mm -hmm. so like when I turned 21, I was like, yeah, okay. And so I, you know, I applied, I went through the the trainings. So I did that for like maybe six, seven years. So it's, that's kind of like my sweet spot, like maybe. 
six, six seven, seven, eight years ish. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have children in between. I have three daughters. So, and I even was, a, you know, stayed at home with them for a few years. So that was pretty amazing. So EMT mm-hmm. cop, then what did you do? Um, what was the next vocation? I, that's when I stayed home. So I'm, my ex-husband is a police detective in my city and, um, and we're still friendly. Everything's awesome. So thank goodness. But, um, in fact, I moved two blocks away from his house, um, back in the day. So our kids could walk back and forth. So it was oh. great. Yeah. So like, I mean, God forbid anything happened to me. I just have to call him. He would like totally come get, yeah, come mm-hmm. and get me. So he's great. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so I stayed home for a while. Then when we broke up, I was like, crap, I gotta get a job. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, not that staying at home with your children isn't a job. I mean, trust me. I mean, yeah. that's like a, right. Poof. But you mean you had to make some money. Correct. Like, yeah, exactly. And, um, and you know, we weren't living like large. I mean, he's a, you know, police officer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I went to, I remember, I went and took a class to be a pharmacy technician. Like I just needed something to do in between because I wasn't going to go back and be a police officer mm-hmm. again. I was like, mm, I'm good on the medic stuff right now. Like I've seen a nut. Like, Were you burned out? Nut. Oh, you, you get burnout. And the kicker is I've, it as of late, well, recently I started working, not right now, but I was working in a level one trauma center. Oh, wow. So is level one higher, the highest, highest. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez. What were you doing there? So I actually worked in a non-clinical position. However, I was still, you know, in, I, I worked in a non-clinical position. However, I was still, you know, closely involved with patients right. and the traumas, including like being in a trauma bay. And, um, what is a trauma bay? The worst place ever. <laughs> it's like where you really don't want to go. I mean, where I worked, it's amazing. You know, it's an amazing place. God forbid anything happens. Like that's where you want to go. But so we, it was three beds mm-hmm. and, um, it's this, it, it almost looks like a movie set. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it looks fake, but it's exactly how you'd picture like a trauma bay where, so when it's the worst, you know, most traumatic injuries or anything that happens, that's where they're going to come in there. Usually if it's a level one trauma and then sometimes a level two. Mm-hmm. And so is it, when you say it looks like a movie set, is it because it's like equipped with everything? You yes. Super it's, high tech. It's so high tech. I mean, it's, and then in the corner, there's like this, you know, wind, like it's glass and people are behind it and there's physicians and then, you know, and, and it's n- without fail. So you'll get the first one and you always put them in the middle. I mean, this is how we did it, you know, mm-hmm. and they'd go in the middle and then all of our little walkie talkie things that we would wear, um, would go off and then it would say like, you know, level one trauma, you know, ETA, 10 minutes, mechanism mm. of injury, gunshot. We're like, great. So, I mean, it would, if there was, once there was one in there, that was a wrap, it was going to be full. Like mm-hmm. it just was almost just Murphy's law at that right. point. But, um, yeah. So I ended up going back to that in, in a, you know, in some manner, you know, not having to deal with like blood and, you know, gnarly stuff (laughs) so um no but like i i did like working with patients so Mm -hmm. that's the thing you know and you know connecting with people and helping when you can i mean i think that's important so when did when when and why and for how long were you a flight attendant so i was a flight attendant for about seven years and i mean this is it's so funny it's such a theme because (laughs) 
<laughs> like I'm going from like job to job. Does it matter that I'm a Gemini? I guess that's a thing. Partially, you know, and the fact that like my personality or whatever, I get bored easily. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or I have, you know, some personality. So I don't know. I don't know. Like I've not been diagnosed with anything, but I'm just, I'm kidding. But well, I, I feel like mo- Actually, I'm not going to say millennials because I think we all throw the term millennial around and yeah. millennials are like 38 now or something are like that. Are they really? I don't, they're not, I don't think they're that old, but they're not, they're not just entering the workforce mm-hmm. like my brain still thinks they are. Mm-hmm. I think that people just entering the workforce, I think that oftentimes they'll stay at a job for like two years. So I feel like oh, yeah. seven years is a respectable amount. Yeah. Not then though. Not yes, that like I'm right. talking like it was a hundred years no, ago. No, but back in the pension but, days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I was on a flight. This is so bizarre. So I would fly quite a bit, you know, with my family or visit my family who are on the East Coast. Um, and I was coming back from New York City and I was flying home and I was sitting next to a flight attendant. You know, she was obviously wearing a uniform and I was that guy, you know, that said, Hey, like, how, so are you coming from work? You know, and it turns out, you know, I ended up hating those people like that I was, right? You know, cause as they ask you all the questions, like, is this your normal route? You know, like all this stuff. And I, it, it's not their fault. Like I get it. They're legitimate questions, right. you know, but when you hear it, it every day, but anyway, so I was sitting next to the flight attendant. And she's like, Oh no, I, I live, you know, in this city where I live, it's Columbus, Ohio. I live in Columbus, but I work out of LaGuardia. And I'm like, huh? Like, how does that it's a work? Long commute. <laughs> so that, that's what almost all flight attendants and pilots do. Mm. They commute. Like, so more than likely, I mean, unless you live it, you know, in a major base, you know, you're, you're, you're commuting to work. So that's a nightmare in itself because you have to fly to get to, you know, to even start your shift. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's the day before and then you're, you know, so that's how I ended up. So I was like, huh, that's a fun, interesting, that sounds cool. And at the time, you know, I had flown like so many times with my family and of course in my head, because this is when I was a young child, it was very cool. And like, you know, we would fly, you know, across the country and, you know, you actually had forks and like, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like pre nine eleven, Exactly. Pre nine eleven, And I was only a flight attendant post nine eleven. So I, uh, as soon as I got home, I just went on Google and I was like, Oh, airlines based in blah, blah. And then I found like a startup airline and I was like, oh, yeah, let me try it. Mm-hmm. And then I got hired and then I went, you know, they put me through this extensive training and it was a startup airline. And so I had to work with the FAA directly, like, I mean, very closely because we literally had to start an airline and do what they call proving runs and all of these drills. And I took to it. It was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a lot of stuff and especially for someone who's never done it before. But I think maybe the background with, you know, the, public service stuff was helpful. Although, you know, if you're going to look at uh, becoming one, if somebody, you know, is looking at it, they're going to be like, oh, we want customer service. But, you know, number one, it's safety. And then after that, it's comfort and all of that stuff. But so was that exciting that it was a startup airline? It was very. So keep in mind, I can't went in totally green. So I didn't know until like a few years later that Oh, you mean like all flight attendants didn't do the stuff that I did, you know, like blowing slides on an airplane in the pitch, you know, pitch black darkness in a hangar with, you know, 20 FAA 
you know, mm-hmm. people sitting in there watching you and time you. Like, I mean, because if you didn't do it, that plane wasn't going anywhere. Like, right. I mean, it was high stress because I remember we had a um, meeting. We, we were having like a a pre-flight before we ended up doing this with all of the presidents, uh, you know, everybody, like the upper management. And they were like, well... I mean, you guys really have to do this. Like you have to pass, you have to do it because we have a flight on this aircraft on Monday. We were like, (laughs) so yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Yeah. So I ended up doing it. I took to it really well. And in fact, um, I ended up being a trainer there and I mean, I still, I mean, I flew, Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would, would, it's called a check flight attendant. So I would train people. I'd go to Miami to the Airbus training center. And then, you know, the people that got through the flight attendant training, which I'm sure people are like, Oh, like like you learned, you know what, pour a soda. Like it's (laughs) not, there's, it's medical stuff. It's safety stuff. It's all of that. And you have to per, you know, federal aviation regulations, you have to pass every test with a 90% minimum. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, it's, it's high stress, definitely, you know? And, uh, so once people got through all, you know, the, the weeks or a couple of months of doing that and learning everything and all the memorization, then they'd have to go to, learn okay then we get on the the simulator if you will and then oh you have to do your door drills and then you know like like we you know would you know simulate you know a crash or Mm -hmm. whatever and then like having to blow the door you know open the door blow a slide you know scream commands that you have to scream you know when you're in an emergency situation and and then get you know evacuate the aircraft within 90 seconds um and that doesn't matter how many passengers, by the way, which is really interesting. So um, I got to, you know, help with that. And then after they did that, you're like, okay, thank God. Okay, I finished all that. Then you get to go on an airplane and then you would have a check flight attendant like myself who would be like, yeah, I don't think this is going to work out. You know what I mean? Because like, you know what, you could go through all that stuff, but then you get on the plane and, and you, you start doing it yeah. and you're just like you know, it's not a horrible thing. Like it's just not meant for everybody. It's what would be the reasons that you would get, get, uh, get the boot at that point. It would be safety related to anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, like just anything if they, if, or if like, you know, say obviously they passed all the testing. Right. But then once they were putting it in motion and they just couldn't do it, they couldn't figure it out. You know, I mean, it's different, you know, we all learn differently. And, um, and then sometimes when you actually are on the aircraft in the, in that position and you're you know around passengers and people you're like uh you know and you just blank mm-hmm. out on stuff and yeah so it's not easy i have a thousand airplane and flight related and passenger shaming related questions mm-hmm. that i want to ask you but first i want to spend more time just exploring your background and the different jobs sure. you've had okay so were you ever in the military no did you ever consider it no um it's it's a weird question i the reason i ask is just because it seems like you're drawn to jobs where there's this sort of rigor and mm-hmm. training and high stakes mm-hmm. yeah, um definitely. so emt uh cop flight attendant trauma center am i yeah, missing yeah, yeah. any big ones mom mom <laughs> <laughs> That's military stuff right there. <laughs> really you know what I'm saying? Is. Like, I mean, did, honestly. Did you grow up in Ohio? I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was your childhood like? It was great. 
I wish I had like a really cool story. I'm kidding. No, I don't. Thank God. No, I, I remember going to a therapist many, many years ago after my dad died. And um, I was having a rough go of, at it, of course. And um, uh, I just and I was having all this anxiety and stuff. And P.S. I, I can't believe that I said P.S. because I was going to say P, PTSD <laughs> <laughs> because it never crossed my mind. Like maybe that would have been a thing, you know, that I was dealing with that might have led to some anxiety. Right. It just, you know, it just never even crossed my mind because you just do your thing. And I'm going to tell you, you just become incredibly desensitized to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. But I remember saying something to the therapist about like, well, like what's wrong with me? Like my, now my parents were divorced while I was at a young age, but you know, they were still very friendly. I was still very close with my father. You know, my mom's awesome. I have one sister. We're very close. Um, I was never abused. Um, you know, I grew up in a nice home, mm-hmm. you know, maybe upper middle class even, I guess. I don't know. Like I've now that, you know, looking back, I mean, it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. And sometimes every once in a while, my sister and I, who is a little less than two years younger than me, we'll have that conversation. Like, thank God, like, you know, like that we didn't, nothing happened to us. Right. Definitely. Right. So that my, my childhood was pretty great. Mm-hmm. My dad would like, you know, I was like his little sidekick. We'd go do stuff. Oh, it's funny. My dad, I would come out here with him a lot. He like to, um, Southern California. Yeah. Because he, uh, was a stunt man and, um, he was actually a karate expert, an eighth degree black belt, which is funny. I mean, that was his profession. Like, and he was a back in the day, God, he was a referee, like on Showtime, like when they had, it was a table with like a cloth on it that said showtime, you know, like uh-huh. it was like that, but, um, <laughs> it was so funny, but I will tell you what, I mean, I was a little kid, but I used to come out here with them to Hollywood and he did all those amazing eighties cheese ball shows like uh-huh. Knight Rider, like Battlestar Galactica, like all that. So I would just totally like come with him oh, for like so all that cool. stuff. Yeah. So, so that that's was so fun. interesting. He was a stunt man, mm-hmm. but lived in Ohio. Mm-hmm. How, how come? Well, because his business was in was in Ohio. Got it. And so um and he was originally from there. Huh, plot twist. Um he met my mother who was born and raised in Hoboken, New Jersey and San Jose. So California. <laughs> I don't ask. I don't even know. I don't even know. And then, you know, she moved to Ohio and then they had me and then they had right. my sister. But yeah, so he he you know, obviously with the stuntman thing, I it wasn't full time. I mean he was in SAG and everything, mm-hmm. but um, you know, it wasn't you know incredibly often however i just remember going to all of those shows like all of those tv shows where did you have a favorite um like a team mm-hmm. i feel like that one was pretty <laughs> badass yeah i liked a team i like what was his name dirk but oh that guy dirk from a team yeah I don't. I don't remember. remember. Someone's yelling the answer right now. Is there? Yeah, listening. they are. They're like, <laughs> duh, it's that one guy. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I did see that guy on like this is embarrassing on Celebrity Big Brother in the UK, and I was like, oh, he's gross. <laughs> like he was so gross. Yeah. But well, look, we're not all the most discriminating as youngsters. No, no, <laughs> not at all. I mean, I was like a small child. Like I, right. you know, I was probably like eight. I don't know how right. old. I, I have no idea. So yeah. So I had, to, I was lucky. My mom 
is so supportive, amazing. She's still living. Um, we talk probably almost every day. Oh, that's great. And, um, she just, she moved to Florida, of course, <laughs> because she's from Jersey. <laughs> so, and they were, you know, she had a bed and breakfast and, um, down, down the shore, you know, oh, in wow. Jersey and this beautiful, um, Victorian area area and uh and so they'd always you know been doing the snowbird thing mm-hmm. I know it's shocking but now they actually live there mm-hmm. so it's cute so I always thought like oh I don't know if I'm gonna like it but once I went I was like okay I'm not hating it mm-hmm. I'm really not like I can chill and you know where they live it's like a residential area it's not like an old pe- like right. you know and it turns out like on their street there's a few like couples with young children that have moved in there and stuff and i'm like and eh, maybe i could like come hang out here for a minute Do i don't you think know. florida gets a bad rap florida is shit <laughs> like florida is like okay here's the thing about florida i mean what what who am i who am i telling like listen i mean you know how it is like there's it's uh, there's like maybe three okay places yeah. like and then the rest of it is so rural and backwards and just like Ugh, it's so jacked up. Mm-hmm. It's I really disturbing. don't. I don't know Florida very well at all. Good. My grandparents, both of whom are are no longer uh, alive, mm-hmm. but um, they had done the snowbird thing for a while sure. too, and then settled there. So we would go visit them sometimes. But in general, I mostly just know Florida because all the craziest news stories well, come of out of there. Yeah, absolutely. But then, like on Instagram, I'll I'll look at East Coast friends who vacation in Florida, and I'm like, oh, it's actually very tropical and beautiful. It in places. is, but that's because they're in like one of the few places. Right. Like my right. mom lives in West Palm Beach. It's beautiful. Like or you know that area you know miami i mean that's very cosmopolitan and cool and whatever i mean but i'm 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 chill with where she lives it's cool mm-hmm. but no so i'm you know back to the uh childhood i don't have anything you know traumatic to to uh disclose which is why would I be sorry about that? Like I'm yeah. a very lucky person. That's great. I mean, other than and evidently that that is obviously traumatic when you're five or six years old and your parents, you know, divorce. Mm-hmm. That is obviously a thing. So. Do you remember I how t- that felt? Totally. I remember my mom telling me. I remember I was five. I remember sitting on like the fifth step. Like I mean, I literally remember mm-hmm. at my old home and sitting and there's like you know, like this beautiful old house. And it was like maybe five steps up, um, wooden floor. And, uh, I totally remember her telling me and I was just like mortified. And then my sister who was almost two years younger, she didn't really obviously get it. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause three that's, but I feel like what I've gotten it at five, I guess so. But I mean, I, I remember it. Like I'm telling you right now, right. like I, I really remember it. What do you remember, um, feeling and what do you remember her saying? And take a sip of water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, want, okay. sorry, just in case anyone's listening, thinking that I was <clears throat> admonishing you to take a sip of water, it's because I saw you unscrewing the cap and like waiting for your moment. And I just didn't want you to become parched right in front of my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Sorry. Um, but no, so no, I just remember obviously being completely devastated. Um, and, that's really it. I mean, I, other than just, I really remember having that conversation and she did mention, you know, not mention, she said like, so your dad and I are going to split. I don't know that she even used the word divorce, right. that that was necessary. So, um, 
yeah, that was hardcore. Yeah. And then, but you don't obviously understand the right ramifications at that point. And then, you know, you don't understand the logistics of like, wait, so my dad's not going to live here. And then like, how's that going to work? And then like, what am I going to do? You know, and then you just figure that out, mm-hmm. obviously, as it goes. And then did they remarry? And no. how was that? No. Oh, I, I thought you meant each other. <laughs> all the time listen which is funny (laughs) um and like who are those people by the way like i don't get it i guess like i guess maybe if you like married somebody you're 18 and then you like split up and then you know you became your own person at 35 and you're like you're cool like now i like you right yeah i can see that out some shit i guess right um so my yes my they both my father remarried like twice. He was a ladies man. Like, you know, that like, man, yeah. He was like, I'm like sick. I'm in SAG and stuff. I'm so cool. <laughs> you know? And he was like a karate expert. Like, he thought, I mean, listen, Annie was, I mean, he was my dad, you know, but like he was really handsome. Mm-hmm. And well, so I'm a little biased is what I'm saying, but you know, he was very cool. Um, and my mother remarried later in life. Like, you know, 25 years ago. And I think she's in her, I mean, she's in her mid seventies now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but my dad and they were like young and gorgeous. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, he was like, I was like, okay, dad. Yeah. So he was living his best life for sure. Right. And my mom's like, you know, single mom over here, like just, you know, doing her thing and working like three different jobs every once in a while. It was, it was rough for her. I'm sure. So what do you think um, drew you to, or or draws you to mm-hmm. these sort of high stakes, high adrenaline mm-hmm. things? Um, That's interesting because I mean, honestly, I really don't know. I mean, until I, you know, have the conversation and now um, have experienced it. Isn't that weird? Like, I, I guess it's maybe I, I feel like. I'm good at it as, mm-hmm. as in, so if I'm in an emergency situation, God forbid something happened right now, like I would be You're very calm. Oh, totally. Like I would just be, you know, jump into action immediately. Now I'd probably have a nervous breakdown, like, you know, in a couple of days or something, you know, like after it wears off. Um, I think that's, hu- that's just human though. Right. Isn't that what no, no. people freeze all the time? I oh, mean, no, no, no. Sorry. I don't, I don't. It's not human to be able to handle it as well as you're saying. I'm saying oh, to sure. have a reaction after yeah, the fact yeah, yeah. is human. Sometimes you don't. And that happened to me r- recently as in when we were talking about the trauma center. Um, I was having a conversation. I'm like, it, it just was like, is that normal? Like I said, I was concerned about being desensitized Mm -hmm. like where people you know some of my friends would be like oh so like how was work last night and i'm like it was fine you know and then cut to like 10 minutes later like oh yeah we did have like somebody that hung themselves and then like two people got shot and a lady slit her throat and like i mean i'm not even it's not that's not hyperbole like i mean that's the stuff that would happen yeah but the fact of the matter is that like it didn't even like enter into my brain to even like be like hey xyz happen right so that to me was a little concerning Mm -hmm. and then i actually spoke to somebody um i didn't like go to proper therapy but i did speak to a few people who work with um, first responders in um like you know a post-traumatic stress situation and they said that's very common and Mm. normal like to be expected yeah i mean because you have to you have to be able to function in the job. Correct. So and compartmentalize. Right. Like, yeah. And right. Then, and then I think that's what, what, what happened 
you know, at some point it just like everything just like a came to a head for me, you know, um, and like I mentioned earlier, I don't, I, it never, of course, ever crossed my mind. Like there might be some, like some post-traumatic something mm-hmm. happening. I didn't even think about it. Post-traumatic from your jobs or mm-hmm. from losing your dad? Or probably both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, in two separate incidents. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like initially for that, uh, for, with work. And then after that, my father for sure. Like, yeah. Cause we were like tight. When did he die? 95 he was he died a few days after he turned 53 that's so young yeah, he had a heart attack at mm. 47 and then um i mean and we're talking not a like no smoking no mm-hmm. nothing right you right. know i mean he he was a karate guy i mean he was overweight a little bit and stuff um and but 47 like that's yeah. crazy and so then just like no so was it like no signs of it ahead no of time, we had no idea and then he was okay you know they yeah. you know they cast him and they did all that good stuff and then um he became really ill uh and they put him on the heart transplant list and then while he was waiting for heart he uh contracted leukemia and so when you're waiting for an, an organ i believe you have to be disease free for about a year mm-hmm. and that obviously wasn't going to happen like so he didn't survive that year mm. yeah so I, I he was in atlanta at the time so i went there with him so i was there with him when he died mm-hmm. like literally with him so i mean i'm happy about that it's all you know my sister wasn't and she couldn't have been like, you know, she's happy that she wasn't there. Right. Like you both yeah. did what you needed yeah, to totally. do. Mm-hmm. Was this at the time of your life that you were staying home with the kids? It was right before I met. I got married five months after my dad died. Mm. Yeah. To a guy who was a lot like my father, of course, which is good. I mean, like, because I had an awesome relationship with my dad and this person was awesome and he was he's an amazing dad to my children mm-hmm. and um we're still friendly like i said and it's you know everything's great uh but uh as far as that so i'm lucky i i moved two blocks away from him so our children could you know walk back and forth you know from mom to dad and stuff so um but uh yeah so obviously i was in a position like we were we were like really good friends mm-hmm. and then it was it wasn't like extremely romantic but then i guess i mean you know obviously we were dating and then I, it was literally 5 months later so i mean i was and i'm going to and here's the thing he totally got me through that 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 first 5 years was a fucking nightmare mm-hmm. like it was awful i i wasn't i just i just remember thinking like you just don't even feel like yourself. Like it's like you've, I felt like I was a different person. The grief you mean? Yeah. yeah. Like you don't even feel like the same person mm-hmm. at all. And, um, yeah, it, it was bizarre. And then I remember at that point and then I was having like full blown, like panic attacks. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was, but right. Yeah. So what, how, uh, how did you get through the panic attacks? So I went to, uh, my family physician and who was six months older than me. (laughs) I mean, he was very young. He was adorable. So we used to always joke about that. I'm like, okay. Um, But uh, yeah, so he was so great. And, you know, he prescribed me some, whatever it was at the time. I don't remember. And 
lucky for me, it ended up giving me more anxiety because I know oh, that's a side effect right. for some, and some I don't remember. Just agree with them, yeah. It didn't, and and I remember, um, I had there was one night, and my husband, you know, at the time was going to work, and um, I believe he was going to work in the evening. He didn't normally do that, but it must have been like special duty or something, like mm-hmm. for the police department, and. Uh, I remember just like sitting on the floor, like freaking out. I mean, and I had baby, you know, two babies. Right. Cause my two youngest babies are, you know, um, what, 21 and a half months apart or something. Like, yeah, like just a little less than 22 months apart. And, um, just begging him, like, Oh my God. And I remember calling my doctor. My doctor was like, Okay, just take another one. <laughs> Which totally threw me into like a whole thing. And my ex was great. Like he, you know, I feel like he came home, like he had to go in and then he just right. like came home and then we sorted it out. So, um, for me, I will say, I feel like the anxiety at the time, I felt like it was situational mm-hmm. more than, um, you know, my wiring until I started to think about like my mother and I would have conversations about like me, like we're, cause I would have, we would have tornadoes where I am. Right. And I'd be the person that's like running into panic mode, going down to the basement. But like, you know, I'm like the safety oriented person, but I mean, mm-hmm. this is like even like age 10. I'm like, okay, we're going to get the water. We're going to do the whatever, you know, <laughs> we're going to like go downstairs and they're all like, you know, upstairs watching TV. I'm like, I'm going to be under the stairs down in the basement, you know? Right. So I think maybe I was a little bit, I did might've had like, like a touch of it back in the day. And then this was aggravated. Was there a situation that, that you experienced as a, like in your formative years, Mm -hmm. which really I could be any years, uh, that made you feel unsafe? Hmm. Tornadoes for sure. Just only because I was just saying that, but I felt like, I mean, my safety like that, uh, as far as, um, Honestly, I, it might be a denial thing too, because I never really felt like I had any situations where I felt completely unsafe, you know, like where I, like my personal body was, mm-hmm. you know, like anything like that, even as a police officer. I mean, it was scary. Right. Um, and, but I never was like, oh my God, I'm going to get shot or something stabbed Good. or something. You know, I, I, that, that didn't even cross my mind. I need to talk to you guys about Rothy's. I had a thought about Rothy's earlier, which is, you know how, uh, certain brands, beca- the, the name of the brand becomes synonymous with the item. I feel like maybe one day that's going to happen with Rothy's. Like instead of even using the word shoes, people are just going to say Rothy's, throw on your Rothy's, grab a pair of Rothy's, got to get a new pair of Rothy's. Um, and that is because they're so well made. They're so comfortable. They're so stylish. Uh, I didn't think it was possible for there to be a pair of shoes that you can put on straight out of the box that then you can do as much walking as you want and you won't have blisters without a break-in period. And that's Rothy's. They're straight out of the box. I've talked about it before. My friend Kath- and our dog walker, Kathleen, I said, hey, are those Rothy's? And she said, yes, they're the only ones she can wear right out of the box when she walks dogs and... She looks stylish doing it, and she does not get blisters. They're amazing, you guys. They're the perfect shoe for life on the go. Stylish and comfortable. They go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. They come in an ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns, and they're available in a range of styles like sneakers, loafers, points, and more. There's now five silhouettes. Back in my day, back in my, I didn't think I'd get to that point where I would say that, but here I am. Here we are saying that. There were, there were I believe, only three silhouettes. 
That's right. I was in on the ground floor. Playful designs add pops of color to perk up every outfit while still looking polished and professional. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash Allison. Go to rothys.com slash Allison to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash Allison today. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Allison today. Of all your jobs, which was the hardest? Flight attendant. Really? Mm-hmm. How come? Okay, maybe stay-at-home mom. But no, I'm kidding. I mean, like, <laughs> but, you know, for, yeah, it was, well, one, I didn't have a gun. Um, two, I'm kidding. I don't even have one now. <laughs> I haven't had one since I left the police department, which is 100 years ago. Um, because the people are freaking horrific. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I do want to say not everybody like the majority of people you run into and meet the nicest coolest people right you know and you may you do but mm, everybody else is an <laughs> asshole like they're awful and it's the sense of entitlement and you know you're stuck at thirty five thousand feet in a metal tube and it's not like you can call a manager mm-hmm. and so you if it's a medical emergency, it's a safety issue. Anything that happens, it's just a guy being an asshole or a girl being an asshole, whatever. Like, that's it. I mean, like, so yeah, it was rough. I mean, it was hard. People are really rude. I mean, and that's not even a flight attendant thing. That's just, I feel like, and that's, I think, why everything became successful once when I started was you didn't have to be a traveler or a flight attendant. If you worked in the public, you got it. That You're was talking the about thing. the popularity of passenger shaming? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And well, so I was going to ask that. Do you think your feeling of people, they're just horrific assholes. Mm-hmm. If you ha- were a server at a restaurant, do you think you would feel the same way? Yeah. I never did that, but um, yeah. So it's just people. Yeah. People. I used to say, I used to say like, God, this job would be amazing if we just like went on overnights. Like we didn't need passengers. It's fine. Like let's just go from like A to B and then whatever. We'll just go have dinner and then. Do most flight attendants feel this way or are there some who are like, what are you talking about? I love it. Well, they're insane. <laughs> like literally like something's like, mm, like, I don't know. Of course. No. And it also depends on what airline, just like with any job, mm-hmm. you know, I will tell you, I know people who work for, um, uh, Southwest airlines and they've been there 20, 30 years and they love going to work every day. Isn't that crazy? What is it that's different about the, the um, that, that airline with Southwest that this is, I never worked there. So, I mean, I'm only going on what, you know, friends have said but you know they're the i do know i they're the highest paid in the industry mm. uh which is interesting but um they're treated really well and uh yeah i mean the, the, it seems the company culture is pretty great and it seems like a lot also that the passengers i mean you know the person that flies southwest is like they're like ride or die southwest kind right. of person mm-hmm. i've only been on it like twice in like 20 years I, I so i just was remember being mortified i'm like they sing like i mean i was like what you know and i'm in my my blue polyester with the you know right scarf and stuff but um is, and they're wearing khaki shorts <laughs> like what the fuck is the job physically uh, the job I'm not even going to ask this question. This is still a question. I imagine the job must be physically very difficult. Mm -hmm. I mean, even just being right, being exposed to um, radiation in the Mm -hmm. air every single day. Like, how how did that all that affect you? Yeah, absolutely. 
radiation, sunlight. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, you're, you're we're sitting across from each other. I, I'm the white. I'm as white as the shirt that I'm wearing. Well, I mean, you're like, as white as I am. No, I'm. Oh, wait, I feel like be- look, I'm whiter. <gasps> look, girl. Oh, I think you found we're a match. Close. We are close. <laughs> we're translucent like, cute, together. Like, yeah, like with your face, <laughs> and you have like the freckles. Like mine are kind of covered, um, but I. Well, and I have red hair. <laughs> so it's like, hello, you can see me like, yeah, it's embarrassing. But like, I mean, veins everywhere. But yeah, so of course, yeah, radiation, sun, light. I mean, yeah, PS, I mean, as for passengers, yeah, you can get sunburn on there. Just mm-hmm. wear sunscreen, you know. Um, but I'll tell you one of the most, ex- the, the, the physically most difficult would be fatigue. Mm-hmm. That's rough. And then, so just imagine like, you know, when you go on a holiday and right. then you're jet lagged and whatever, but that's like every week. Right. So I would literally, I would call it my 24 hour post trip coma. So when I, as soon as I came home from my trip, like I was done, like 24 hours, I'm like, don't even fucking look at me. Like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do anything. So did you become a flight attendant when your kids were older i'm just trying to figure little, out time wise if you're were, a stay-at-home mom how this was working they well not at the, i mean so this is obviously yeah. well after my divorce um so i could do the math real quick so if you want to take two so i i would say like they ranged i have three daughters and i want to say and it's funny because like the oldest is actually 10 years older than the youngest. So yeah. So the two youngest are less than two years apart. And then I have one that's older. And, um, so they ranged in ages like from 10 up, you know, so Uh that's still young. So who was, so was your, your ex-husband? What? Got Mm -hmm. it. Got it. Yeah. So I was lucky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. When did you start chronicling behavior? Because the mm-hmm. rants of a sassy stew is mm-hmm. stuck in my head. That yeah, was that's when I we kind of connected. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was that a Twitter account, Facebook account, blog? Um, what was that? It was a blog, it, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I. So that's what how it started. So rants of a sassy stew, as in me being the you know sa- a s- sassy stewardess. Um, and it was just about honestly self-preservation because i i did it while i was a flight attendant Mm -hmm. and i had an actual pad of paper you know an actual proper journal with a it's crazy it's a pen you know (laughs) like i mean you know i didn't have like a whatever and that was super old school and um like it was just i would just start chronicling like you said like this most ridiculous random stuff because i'd never worked okay yeah like so i was a police officer as a medic whatever but never like I'm doing air quote customer service, yeah. you know, type of thing. So, you know, that was a, entirely new for me. And some of the shit people said or asked me was ridiculous. <laughs> so I would just run back to the galley and I just would just start scribbling down little things. Like, for example, you know, some lady rings a call button, ding, I go over there. And this is like two and a half hours into flight. She's like, are we moving? <laughs> And I was like, I mean, I wish I had a witty comeback because I literally was just like, what? Like, <laughs> we're going 550 miles an hour. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. So, um, so I would start writing all of that down and then my colleagues would start reading it, you know, and then say, Oh, this is really funny. It was, you know, very comedic, mm-hmm. but 100% true. The only thing I would change once I started it as a blog because my colleagues were like, you should start a blog. And I'm like, what's a blog? Because back then it was Blogspot. That's what I right. started yes. it on. Mm-hmm. I was and, on Blogspot um, too. Yeah. 
And so that's what I started as. And uh, the only thing I would change, the only thing that I ever changed on there were the number of flight attendants and then like the destination, because trust me, aviation people, they will know in two seconds. Like if I was like, oh, I was in Atlanta, they'd be like, oh, she works at Delta, you know, like, <laughs> right. so I, I couldn't, that was the only thing. I, I didn't say where I worked. I mean, I followed mm-hmm. the social media policy to a T. Not that there really was much of one at that point, probably. But I mean, I'm not an idiot. Like, so I wasn't going to expose anything. And so it was done essentially anonymous. Well, it was anonymous. Um, I mean, I worked with some people that didn't even know. Like, you know, I would have like a couple flight attendants here and there that would read little things. But uh, once it became, it did, it just started to get, it got legs and people liked it and and then, so that was Ransom Azazi Stew. Then, ooh, I bought the domain, you know, like yeah. RansomAzaziStew.com. I was like, wow, F you blog spot. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then let's see, that was almost 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. It was 2007. So in a few months, it'll be, yeah, it'll be 13 years. And, um, and then about six and a half years ago, because I was, people would send me photographs and, you know, I would take some here and there. And I was like, maybe I should do like an offshoot. That's how passenger shaming became passenger shaming. Mm-hmm. So it was like a, I was like, I'll just do like a sister site or an offshoot of, you know, Ransom Sassy Stew. And then were you looking for just a place to put all the photos that you were receiving? Cause did you feel like they didn't belong on Ransom Sassy Stew? Yeah. I believe so. I mean, I was, I, I would put some of them on Sassy Stew, but honestly, most of the photos would be, you know, Google images, you know, sh- shit I would right. find online or whatever. And then maybe, you know, one or two that I had taken, but then I would have crew, me- like crew members, like tons of them sending me stuff. And so then that's when I was like, yeah, I don't know. You know, like, look at my history. Like one day I'm like, I'm on an airplane sitting next to a flight attendant and then I'm a flight attendant. I'm like, you know, get pulled over by a police officer for an accident. And then I become a cop. Like, I, you know what I mean? It right. just, it just like happened. It just Weird. happened. Yeah. So when did you start the Instagram account? Um, maybe five, six years ago-ish. And like. how? what was the trajectory of that in terms of it just taking off? I remember... No pun. Yeah. <laughs> I remember feeling like at one point, because I wasn't focusing on numbers or anything, and honestly, my thing was Rance of the Sassy Stew. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I don't really recall looking, you know, at number, like, I don't, whatever. Right. And especially then, who cares? And... But I remember one day I had my phone out and, you know, I had no notifications on because it wasn't that big of a deal or anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember it was like just scrolling, like on my home screen was right. like, bloom, bloom, bloom. And I'm like, what? Like it was a glitch. Like it almost looked like a glitch. Uh-huh. Like something was wrong. And I'm like, okay, that's bizarre. I couldn't, I finally was able to tap one to catch it and I wanted to see. So I went to go see because I'm, I remember looking at Rance of a Sassy Stew's Instagram account, which is even a thing now. I think I put it on private. Um, yeah, it was. And I, and I looked and I'm like, Oh, they're looking at passenger. Sh-. I said, Oh, the last person they joined passenger or, you know, follow passenger uh-huh. shaming. And I was like, huh. And I remember seeing it and I feel like there was like maybe 15,000 followers or something like that, which I was like, damn, that's a lot of people. I mean, that's a lot of people. Had someone tweeted or like had something pushed them mm -hmm. all in that direction? Yes. So it was somebody had 
like an international um like blogs it wasn't even a blog like kind of site uh-huh. you know like kind of meme thing right. you know had picked it up and then cut to i get a i get an email from or no i'm sorry I got uh, a text message from my oldest daughter saying like, hey, they're talking about <laughs> your thing on the Today Show. And I'm like, what? Oh, wow. And and I'm like, that's weird. And then I got like a text from me saying like, oh, they were talking about passenger. They're talking about you. And I'm like, no, well, it's not me. But they're like passenger shaming on like GMA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then I checked my email because I had set up like a passenger shaming right. email at the time. And it was CNN. They're like, hey, can you do an interview in like two and a half hours? I was like, uh, and I was working at a hospital at the time. And I was like, so, I mean, I didn't even know what I did. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't tell anybody. I'm like, so there's this thing, like, I can't even explain it. But my boss was like, super cool. He was like, yeah, go do it. It was so funny. All I was thinking about was like, where do I have fake lashes at home? <laughs> like that was my only thing. Like I was right. just like, do it. cause I, and I'm not a TV personality. I'm not like talent or anything, but I'm also not an idiot. So I know that like, obviously the exposure would be awesome. Mm. And I'll just like grin and bear it. Cause I hate doing that shit, but I mean, I'll do it. Yeah. I, I'd rather, I, I could sit here and talk to you all day. Like I can do these all the time. They're fun. Right. You know, mm. but like mm, in front of a satellite, you know, and they're yeah. like, Hey, it's Australian. Like everybody in the country is going to see you in the morning. You're like, Oh God. <laughs> and you can't even see, you're just like looking straight ahead and right. they don't even have the monitor for you to see yourself. I'm like, do I look 500 pounds? <laughs> like, am I, you know, like, am, whatever mm-hmm. it's it's to me it's like it's kind of terrifying it's hard to not be up in your head when Correct. you're doing like a remote thing like that oh i don't like it yeah. yeah that's it's just not my thing i mean that's not why i do this so and so now this is your this is your your full-time job right mm-hmm. so what kind of things do you do so i'm actually here in town um i was in laguna beach is it cool to say do you do you say like i was in laguna or do people say laguna beach both. As someone who grew up near That's there, we would mm-hmm. we would have said just Laguna. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay, so I was trying yeah. to like pull that. Like it, yeah, I was it worked. Laguna. Yeah. Okay. So, which is stunning, by the way. But um, a Fortune 100 company that makes like made like 500 billion dollars last year. That I'm see, not- I only know, and I don't know. Wow, I'd only know the term Fortune 500. Fortune 100 is well, even more rare, right? As in yeah the top one actually i want to say maybe they might i'm not gonna say the number but like let's say like in the one tens to 120 something so it's stupid money right and um a few of the people they 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 travel a lot you know they there's kind of like an umbrella with a bunch of different companies under you know below it and uh a lot of them i think it was something like eight these were auditors or something that just sound like thrilling, but um, <laughs> like super exciting stuff, but they, and they were from, they're from all over the world and 80% of their, their job is travel. Mm-hmm. And so, and a few of the upper management people in this company follow passenger shaming and loved it. And they were like, Oh, this would be fun. And she goes, what one of the people who was organizing it was saying like, you know, like we had like a professional packer, like one year she was like, "Eh, whatever. But like, you know, she's like, but this will be fun. Like, and she's like, by the way, there might be some people here that are, you know, guilty, you know, so, um, So actually, I got to do a a speaking engagement for that, which is kind of a fun thing. And so what did you talk about? Just, I mean, it was just all in fun, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, you know, like 
doing a little PowerPoint, you know, of like with all the fun. Oh yeah. yeah. Like I did, I, I did a thing about, you know, 10 ways to be an awesome passenger, you know, like, or something like that, but it was just fun. And they right. all got it because they travel all the time. Um, and I'm sure a few of them were kind of like, Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, like where I'm telling them like, okay, so, you know, like that wall that's right in front of you in first class, like you don't put your feet up on it. That's not an Ottoman, you know, and it's like an, you know, multi-million dollar. Yeah. Respect the bulkhead. Exactly. I'm like, it's a multi-million dollar aircraft piece of equipment that you don't own PS. Like, and, <laughs> and your, your ticket doesn't entitle you to do whatever the fuck you want to it. Stop. And they break. But anyway, so yeah, I do stuff. Um, so the speaking engagement, that was fun. Um, been doing like some video series, which with um point sky right point sky yeah so we did that that was a recent thing that was fun because we filmed it in brooklyn Mm -hmm. and i love new york and um so i got to go hang out with my sister uh but but there's a lot the thing is it's kind of with like you know you just see instagram and you scroll through whatever and it's like well whatever instagram but that it's more of like a sounding board you know for me to just to do other things Mm -hmm. so right yeah so a lot of you know different media stuff um that's cool and you have merch i do have merch i mean it's we're we're gonna add some more but uh yeah we have merch um you know what i i was watching this youtuber and he was talking about how he literally sold in one day a million dollars worth of merch like four days in a row who logan paul okay i was like get the fuck out of here a million dollars a day and you know they're That's all like eight lot. years old yeah. like i mean they're like eight to twelve or right something probably but so i guess i just brought that up to say like um not the thing you know and you're doing this guy <laughs> right yeah it's just for fun really it's not like a big money maker or anything yeah. like that but I mean, there is money to be made, obviously, on Instagram, you know, with advertising and people want to reach your audience that that's interested in that. Oh, and you know what? So I just did a thing, um, a little collaboration with the helicopter service. Oh, cool. Oh, I don't know if you saw the Instagram stories, but oh my gosh, it was so cool because like, so I'm in this like helicopter. First of all, when I saw it, I was like, holy shit, Paul. like that is so small. He's like, this is our biggest one. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and so we were like over the Pacific because I had wanted to see a whale. I'm like obsessed with whales uh-huh. and stuff. And um, I, <laughs> I went to Dana Point and I did this whale watching thing and I'm talking like hardcore three people on a boat mm. like that's literally on the ocean it's a like what a is it called is zodiac or something like oh, but like know. it's like inflatable on the sides the you boat know? is yeah this i went past catalina wow listen and, and, and it's just oh i felt like i was beat up yeah. the next day like because you're just like bam bam mm-hmm. bam like and you're because he was we were going really quick but, but did it's you see nice. whales no Oh, I was so like, all you did was get nauseated for no reason. No, I don't even. I, I don't, don't get motion. Yeah. No, I don't get motion sickness, and I, I I still had a great time. Um, but.
but I was like, I did have a couple uh, moments of going like, oh, I can see why people start hallucinating. Like, you know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like if they're out here, I was there for like three and a half hours because that guy was like, I, damn it, I'm going to get you. Like, because he knew I had never seen one and that I was obsessed and it's like this thing for me. And I'm like, I came, I said, I literally just got off a plane from Columbus, Ohio. I went to my hotel and then I booked it and I changed and I came here because, you know, they're like, bring a coat, da, 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 da. And then I, you know, got a car there nothing he was like i said how often does this happen he's like hardly ever oh i'm man. like come on and he's like well you can come back for free you know oh that's nice yeah but except i live in columbus ohio so it's not it's, it's still <laughs> the, the thought is nice but it was it, but we did see dolphins in the helicopter oh, that's cool. so we because we flew over the ocean and i we were laughing because they were right in front of my mm. hotel <laughs> i'm like really guys like you waited until i left i would have been looking for you like anything any sign <laughs> of life but anyway so yeah so how much thought and pre-meditation goes into an Instagram post. And I will ask because as someone who has an account with not a million followers, mm -hmm. um, I'm always, I just like throw stuff up and I don't sure. think about it much and stuff. But I always wonder with, if you have an account that is, you know, your, your bread and butter and also has that many followers, like how sort of, um, regimented do you feel mm -hmm. like you need to be i feel like it needs to be far more regimented than it is i do have a business manager which mm -hmm. sounds super blowhardy um but i've been doing this by myself for 12 years was yeah. doing it for 12 years by myself i'm talking like you know connecting with companies you know for ads whatever you know all of all of it media everything every like that you see every like lol and every little stupid ass emoji or dm that's all me still mm -hmm. right now i mean that's that's me i'm not going to ever give that to somebody else right never i mean i don't get how people could do that it's no i don't bizarre. Really yeah but um uh so I, I feel like it needs to be more more regimented however i mean I do obviously think about it, but it's so funny because I do, but then I don't until, okay, so I'm that guy because I put passenger shaming as like a Google alert um, in my email and I'll, <laughs> and, and it's the UK is the worst offender that they write articles about like a picture that I post. I'm like, it's really that slow news. <laughs> like, so, like, I mean, today there was multiple ones yesterday, multiple ones. And I'm like, really? <laughs> so like then then in that case every once in a while i'm kind of like because you know it'll have like a caption or me maybe trolling back some asshole who's being a dick right you know so and then that'll be like in print on a thing and I, like <laughs> but that never even crosses my mind because i'm right. just like yeah i'm just gonna say whatever so every once in a while like i'll kind of like think of that but um at this point i mean it's got to be really good for me to post it mm -hmm. you know or something i mean pretty egregious i feel like because you know i i get and i really appreciate what people send me and um you know but most of it is stuff that i wouldn't post because it's just like eh, you know and but I, it's nice they think about you know yeah. they think about the account and stuff and so and i like it and for me i like you know obviously to be engaged and have conversations with everybody so i mean you know as, many, as much as i can so Here's a very important question mm -hmm. I need you to weigh in on. Reclining in a seat. Mm -hmm. Where do you stand on that? Because I never even gave it a second thought. I was like, yeah, if your seat reclines, you are allowed to recline. But then I, and I think it was when I was doing the Adam Carolla show, 
And I, we would do a news story that's like, you know, 10 <laughs> most annoying things about air travel. And number yeah. one would be people who recline in their seats. And I'm like, what? I never, thankfully, Paul F. Tompkins and I are on the same side of this. I'm I, with you and Paul. Oh, thank no. you. Yeah, because here's the thing. Okay, so they're, okay, barring, so we'll, we'll walk through it real quickly. So yes, I agree with you and Paul F. Tompkins that guess what? If the seat reclines, I mean, why wouldn't you be able to do it? Well, the only way reason way that I wouldn't, I'm not a big recliner and it's not because what I just, you know, unless you're in first class or something and there seems to be like a lot of room. Yeah, I mean, it goes back like a degree. So it's not, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not like, you know, <laughs> it's not really luxurious. Exactly. Right. Except now there, there's a, process that i feel like you need to do i including like okay turn around make sure the 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 person behind you isn't like a man with his you know knees all the way up because he's six foot seven like the points guy that we were talking about earlier who's six seven you know so like that's a thing i would never do that or their tray tables down and they're eating Mm -hmm. um i've had somebody (laughs) i was going from as a as a passenger in uniform with a captain because they have to kind of reposition us sometimes mm-hmm. to start trips and we call it, it's called deadheading. And, um, so I had my, my tray table down after we had taken off and I put my Starbucks, um, bright green tea latte, you know, like that's that emerald yeah. bright green. And the lady, this old lady in front of me, <laughs> she just pushed that button and just was like, boom and just like pushed all the way like she didn't even turn around she uh-huh. didn't do anything like prop like with all of the force that she could have and that shit like exploded oh, all no. over me my white blouse the captain like jumped up and he was like <sighs> looking at her like really um so like you know that's the only thing right i would just say just you know just maybe just do a quick like turn around and just make sure everything looks good back there but other than that yeah go for it okay i mean because if you're on like i think it's like maybe spirit airlines and some of the um budget airlines they don't even recline Mm -hmm. but if it does well that's the thing i feel like if we're gonna move towards a no recline situation then they should just remove the recline exactly exactly and they've only done that with you know a couple airlines and like i said budget like I'm pretty sure spirit. So don't quote me on that, but I feel like maybe them, but um, yeah, relax. I mean, flight attendants want you to be comfortable and I don't want to come off like the biggest asshole. I mean, I am an asshole, but like, (laughs) I don't want to be like the biggest because you know, you meet really awesome people and most people are great. Um, But then, you know, and I hate the fact that, you know, and this carries over to online that, you know, the people that, say the the you know shitty stuff like that affects you and they get your attention right not Mm -hmm. the people like oh my god like this thank you for teaching me that i never knew or right oh this is funny you know you made me laugh today like those are the people i should really give a shit about same 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 a thousand percent Mm -hmm. and yet it's that one asshole that gets your attention and that it stays with you correct i feel like i get i've gotten a lot better about it but yeah i think it's just the nature of I agree. Of online. I agree. And um, I'm with you. I, I I feel like I've, because it's been, and same with you, like, yeah. you know, many years of doing that. And, um, and I also tell myself, and this is something you can tell yourself, mm-hmm. do th- what I say to myself, sure. do your show for the people that like the show. Mm. Like instead of do the show to try to change the minds of people who don't like That's you. really good advice. It really is. That's true. You've got a million people who are into what you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Like, oh, I had somebody. God. 
why do I have my DMs open? First of all, I'm an idiot. Like, I mean, I'm a glutton. <laughs> well, because people send me really fun stuff yeah. and they do say great things and it's, you know, so, or, and they'll spot something and be like, oh my God, I used to do this. Oh my God, I'm so mortified. I'm never going to do it again. Right. So like, then I'm all like, yes, when, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, you're good. Like, thank you. And you know, like, I'm very nice to people, but like, so this guy the other day who was a air quote fan follower, what have mm. you, I don't use the word fan, but like a follower. Right. But who said like, and you know, like how they always like have to preface it by mm-hmm. like, I mean, I love your account yeah. or I love you. Like, I love your podcast, right. Allison. I've However, yeah. <laughs> However, we need to talk. But um, yeah, so he, what a dick this guy. And so he goes, well, you obviously buy followers. And I'm like, so, what? and for some reason that really fucking pissed me off. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you what I said. And I was like, and so why did I take 10 minutes out of my day to, explain, to right. be like in all caps, you know, the words 12 written out years. Like I've been doing this for 12 years. This happened organically. I've never purchased a follower just because I might do a live and there might be a couple thousand or a couple hundred people in there. It's not often that I do them. And then when I was in Laguna, I I posted, I was doing a live and it was like five, I don't, it was just like a few minutes and I was just showing like the beach or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? It was just beautiful. Obviously nobody's coming to passenger shaming to care about look at that (laughs) stuff, you know, but I'm trying to integrate myself into the the brand a little bit. And um, so whatever. And I guess they don't like, I'm like, so he was saying like, well, you don't have enough people in your lives. That means that you're obviously buying followers. I'm like, well, guess what? There's this thing, it's called Google and there are many Many, um, which I didn't know about this until recently. Um, I, evidently there are quite a few, um, places websites. where you can see which yes. ones are real and which are bots. Yeah. Yes. And, and everybody's going to have bots. You're going to, yeah. you do, I do. Right. It doesn't matter. That's going to be a thing. Like that's, but it, whatever. But you can tell that it's significant, you know, when you go to an account that has, you know, 10 million followers and literally they have like, you know, 48 comments or something like that. Right. You know, it's probably a porn, you know, something or whatever. (laughs) I don't know. But, um, so I just felt the need to like defend myself and be like, I was, that really offended me because I felt like, dude, I put in a lot of effort Mm -hmm. and time into this, IE all caps, 12 years. Yeah. So, right. But again, that's what I, I, why am I even giving, I, I, I'm going to just maybe, right now just say i i'm just gonna stop doing that i just because i i'm i have i am not i'm a proponent of the block like mm, i I, mm-hmm. I delete and block people right quite a bit well so i had written down death threats oh because yeah, i read something I where that. you said where you get yeah. that you re- do you regularly get them not regularly but i do and i'm like so you know i just post pictures of assholes on airplanes right like i mean why would you i mean obviously it's you in the picture you do it and you're pissed (laughs) off right like i mean like why else i had one person send me um uh told me that they were going to cut my head off and then shove something down my my neck and what 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 did they want to shove down there I don't remember if it was like a shoe or a leg. I <laughs> don't remember. It might have been my leg, to be okay. honest. Maybe they wanted to just like do I don't know. But people are savage as fuck on in on the internet. Yeah. And so you really but see, here's back to what you were saying. Here's the thing for me. 
you want to engage, right? Mm-hmm. I do. I mean, you want to, that's the whole point. Like I want to engage with followers, right. right? That are there because they're enjoying it. And then you're like, but, mm, you know, you run into like, okay, so how much do I want to engage? Because then, you know, I don't want to engage with these people. Oh, well, what I was going to say was because the way that a lot of people who are like, you know, up there in the social media game, right? You know, with gazillion followers or whatever. And they're like, oh, I just don't read the comments and I just yeah. don't whatever. I'm like, but that kind of feeds the purpose. Like, right. In my, my, in my opinion, because I want to acknowledge the people that are awesome, which right. is like 99% of them. Yeah. I know. I know. I think of like, I often think like, what would Oprah do? <laughs> she certainly wouldn't have said what I just said to that person. Oh, God, no. And I, when I do, you know, respond to something negative i usually instantly regret it oh i don't you don't no not usually i regret it because i'm like oh they got to me yeah no i get that i i do i okay so i guess in in that respect i guess i would regret it sometimes if you don't that's great no i'm saying i guess i would no i mean because the i they got to me part yeah yes like i was just like that person right. from like two days ago like that got to me like that pissed me off yeah and you know like somebody would say something you know about your appearance i don't I don't have like a lot of pictures of me i'm not anonymous on there but mm-hmm. you know there will be a video or something every once in a while because like i said you know we're we're trying to integrate Sean Kathleen. Why am I talking about myself in the third person? <laughs> what the fuck? Um, I'm not that person, I swear. But no, like integrate myself, you know, into the brand a little bit, not to change it up, but just, you right. know, so I can, sure. you know, do these other things. And um, so then, you know, with that, obviously, and especially, okay, can we talk about men who sure. like insult women's appearance and shit like mm, I'm, what? Un- I'm unfamiliar with that happening <laughs> i didn't know but i You're guess like, i could imagine is it. that a thing yeah i know so i know i heard about it <laughs> i heard about it but like what is that i don't know i don't know but Incel? it's awful incels okay. there are there it could be incels mm. that's pretty true so I, I i okay my thing is okay well I, and, and I know that sounds so cheesy to be like, are you okay? Like, you know, but like, yeah, but something, but something wrong. is not okay. If, if someone feels the need to be such an right. asshole. And I've, I've felt, I've caught myself and I don't do that on, you know, anybody's stuff, but I've caught myself like feeling, oh my gosh, if I had access to the internet or if I was that, you know, cause I'm just like having one of those days where I'm just like everything in the world is pissing me off. Mm-hmm. Like I get it to an extent, you know, and it, shouldn't take it personally and then somebody was saying like oh yeah on one of my videos they said something about yeah who's that drag you know it's like she looks like a drag queen or that drag queen and i'm like i wish like honestly (laughs) though i mean like to be honest i was kind of like that was kind of a compliment to be honest but um (laughs) yeah so i don't get it as much probably when i say as you being because you know like my face isn't out there as much right because everybody's gonna get it and that's the way other way i look at it because i'm like okay if you're giselle you know you're gonna get it yeah so and if you're on youtube and it's a it's a video of a baby Mm -hmm. or a puppy and they're like i hope the baby this dot you know hope the puppy gets hit by a car like it doesn't there's really not a it's really not even though it's impossible to not take it personally it really is not about you every single person in the public i get it i remember like periodically i would because i remember one day being like who could dislike amy poehler 
and then, oh yeah or like i'll think somebody of, and yeah like that you think, just right yes. and then you just go online and you like find a whole bunch of <laughs> horrible shit about them and then it <laughs> makes me feel better i want to tell you guys about dipsy you're busy your inbox is full of unread emails if there's one from me, please get to it. There's dinner to make and you haven't taken a deep breath since yesterday. Why not take a moment to reconnect with yourself and prioritize your pleasure with Dipsy Stories? Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions designed to turn you on. Yeah, these stories. So they're, it's, it's, it's erotica that you listen to. Uh, on this Dipsy app, that's D-I-P-S-E-A. Uh, and each story is, I want to say like, four to nine minutes. I'm not sure if there's anything as long as nine minutes. The guided sessions might be a little bit longer. Uh, each story is created with women in mind. They're relatable and immersive. And there's something for everyone, whether you're into men, women, or maybe both at the same time. Find stories about strangers meeting on the beach in Mexico or seeing that ex you can't stop thinking about on the subway or a partner who wants to up the ante in the bedroom. And the guided sessions can help unlock new confidence or heighten intimacy with your partner. They add three brand new stories each week so you'll always have more to explore whatever you're in the mood for dipsy always keeps it real and really hot and for listeners of the show dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash allison that's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash allison so again that's d-i-p-s-e-a stories.com slash allison dipsystories.com slash allison I need to tell you guys about this game that I've been playing on my phone. It's addictive in the best way. It is completely mindless. It's, it's immersive, but, uh, but not it, like, okay. So Daniel play, that's my husband, uh, for anyone who just turned into the podcast right at this moment. And he's into, uh, he's like a hardcore gamer and. This is not that. This is a fun game that you play on your phone. It is called Best Fiends. It's a casual game that anyone can play, but it's made for adults. Uh, it's a, just a great way to pass the time and engage your brain while enjoying breathtaking visuals and a gripping story. The, it's got really fun characters. It has great music. Um, it's got some big names actually playing some of the different characters. And it is free to download. It's super duper fun. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters five-star rated mobile puzzle game with over a hundred million downloads globally download free on the apple app store or google play that's friends without the r best fiends again best fiends check it out best fiends not best friends i know it's confusing because the title of this show best fiends check it out let me know what you think so I take questions from listeners on Patreon and Twitter and Instagram, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a little song. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. And reminder, I'm on Patreon. I may have just said this. You may be getting two reminders in less than 20 seconds. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Okay, so Jeremy Katz says, what's your all-time favorite airplane? And more generically, Airbus or Boeing? Airbus, 100%. Mm, I don't even know it. the difference. Well, an Airbus is um, very superior. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm with Jeremy. Well, I don't know if Jeremy, what his preference is, if he said. But uh, yeah, I'm an... 
for me, it's Airbus probably because, um, as I mentioned earlier, I did mention the Airbus training center. So that is an aircraft that I'm trained on. I am not trained on a Boeing. And so for me, it's great because when I'm on one, like I know what every little bloop, bleep, tick, every, mar- you know, I know what everything, you know. I know the sounds, the feel right. of it, like everything's good. I feel like... Our Airbus is smaller or is it just... It's just a brand. Oh, it's a brand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Got it. And Jeremy Katz says, what does the media and or general public always seem to get wrong about aviation that drives you crazy? Um, hmm. I guess one thing that would drive me crazy, like as far as what the media thinks would be um, that it's, especially when they're relating it to flight crews would be that it's a pretty easy gig mm-hmm. when it's not. I mean, you know, like I mentioned previous, the fatigue, you know, the, what it does to your body, all that stuff. And here's a little fun aviation inside Intel, a uh, lot that a lot of people don't know. Flight crews do not get paid until that door is closed and the parking brakes released. So, that whole shit show that they call the boarding process <laughs> is furry. That's just complimentary. That's complimentary. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and uh, you're welcome for my seven years that I, uh, did that. But, you know, so like, you know, the, the person that comes up like, Oh, can I have some water to take a pill? Or like, f- can you fix the bag? Or, you know, like the guy who puts the bag, you know, and it's sticking out right. eight feet, you know, like as a flight and has a fucking magic wand, you know, is going to be able to like <laughs> poof, like, yeah, maybe it's going to go to Antarctica. Like, I don't know. So <laughs> like that happened on my way here where nobody, there was a bag that somebody just left. They just, they couldn't get it to fit. Uh-huh. Then they walked back to their seat and they were too embarrassed to, cause the gate agent, she came on and was like, um, you might want to tell me who it is because I don't know where to put your, take your, you know, where your bag's right. getting checked. But and so um, then did someone come forward? Finally. Oh God. Yeah. I feel bad for that person. I did actually feel a little bad. Yeah. <laughs> I did a little bit. I did a little That's bit. That's true passenger shaming. <laughs> okay. You're right. That is true passenger shaming. I mean, at least I do it in anonymously. behind the back. I don't do it anonymously. I mean, well, you know, cause like That's I'm true. in. Uh, you know, my name and Pete. Oh, that's my other troll thing. I get a lot like, like, Oh, you're just like behind a thing. They think, and sometimes they think you're, you're that I'm a bot uh, or that what? like, like, so sometimes I'll go on a live and they're like, well, what is this? Who are you? Like, you don't run. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, no, I just like found this phone on the street and I picked <laughs> it up and I just was like, cool. And I started doing a live like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what? Like literally I'm like, well, what do you think? And they're like, Oh, I just thought it was a bot. I'm like, are you fucking serious? Like, how does that? What? I don't even understand how that would even work. Thank you. <laughs> but those people are out ro- roaming the earth and be, you know, flying around on planes. But, <laughs> um, but as far as that, um, as, as far as his question, yeah, I would say, you know, making it seem a lot less important, mm-hmm. you know, right. I mean, these are humans. They're doing a lot. They're not just pouring soda. Right. Like I said, they're not getting paid until the doors close. And, and that's for, that goes for pilots as well. And so I can promise you, they, your crew is just as motivated to get going as you are. Mm-hmm. Like they're not just sitting there on the clock going like cha-ching, cha-ching. No, they're not making any money. Right. Yeah. Um, Okay, now my personal questions. Then we get back yes, to the listener questions. Of course. Uh, so I, I, here's one where I might be guilty. <laughs> what is the call button supposed to be used for? Um, okay. 
heart attack? Like, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I no. I, I mean, but yeah, like if somebody's having a heart attack, please push the call button. Um, but uh, okay. But it's I, not just to like ask a flight yeah, attendant. Yeah, of course you can't. I mean, you, of course you can. I mean, you know, but that's, like is because I because I think I think I read something where I was like, oh shoot, I think I've done that before, where I've just been like, mm-hmm. can I get a drink? Or no, like, that's okay. So we just did. The points guy and I, one of the videos was about the call button, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to tell you what, we got some, we got some blowback on that one because people are like, do your fucking job. Like, you know, like that's what you're there for. I'm like, well, first of all, it's humorous. Like it's a yeah. joke. Like we're not being dead serious and saying like, oh my God, you can't. Cause I think I said something like, you know, unless your arm falls off spontaneously <laughs> during the flight or blah, 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 you know, don't put, you know, whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, if you want to, so, you know, you need a drink and you need water. Of course, absolutely. My thing is, I'll tell you what would drive me nuts and the people that I know mm-hmm. is the person that pushes the call button and then you walk over and they literally go like this and they hand you like a gum wrapper and they're like, here, can you take this? I mean, I'm not joking. I promise you, Allison, that's not a joke. Like literally people handed me like gum wrappers. Right. I'm like, and, and PS, you're going through the, cabin like every 10 15 minutes with a bag of trash it's not just right doing trash runs that's actually a safety thing too because we're looking i say we present tense right but when you are flight when attendant. i was a flight attendant and you know we're you, you're walking through the cabin it's it's a dual pro it's a dual reasoning because you know you're, you're making sure like everybody's alive like everybody looks cool is breathing like somebody doesn't look like they're about you know they're sweating and you know for me, I would be able to tell, like, dude, that guy's about to have a heart attack or something, you know? But, um, yeah. So, like, not obviously pushing it to give somebody a fucking gum wrapper <laughs> or, or the lady don't, you know, push it and ask us, ask if we're moving. <laughs> um, we, we, we kind of discussed this on, on something recently where, and these are true absolutely 100% like people will push the call button you go over and they're like can you have the captain like fly a little lower so I could take picture like I oh my I'm not God. even making this up they would say here's another one I would get a lot would be um sports scores can oh you my call God. the captain yeah and I don't mean the Super Bowl I'm not a sports person but regardless of, so I understand like I get it to an extent right again I don't follow sports but I understand like if there's like the one big game of the whole year, but like literally for like a whole season, like, can you call the captain and get like the sports, you know, the whatever, (laughs) you know, score of the whatever game. And I'm like, I feel like he's busy or she's busy (laughs) right right now. But, um, yeah. So if it's a reasonable request, of course, I mean, you're paying for a ticket. I mean, they want you to be happy. Here's the other thing I like to point out. Guess what? Flight tents don't want you to be a miserable mm-hmm. asshole for the three out. Like, why would they want to be on a plane with a hundred miserable or right. 200 miserable asshole? You don't want to. That would be it. Well, I've been there. It sucks. Anytime I went to PBI or I'm sorry, West Palm Beach. Yeah, it happens. Oh, listen, that one. You go from the East Coast to West Palm Beach or just like somebody cut my head off right now. <laughs> like I had people doing like galley yoga, you know, like. 20 minutes into a flight i had somebody going through my shit in the back like making their own coffee and, oh like, my doing god this. oh no and then you know i would make repeated announcements and say 
Hey, if anybody here is from West Palm Beach, I apologize. So my mom's from there. So mm-hmm. I always tell her when she's flying around, I'm like, mom, just sit down and shut up and don't say anything. Just do whatever. <laughs> you know, don't even, just don't even look at anybody. Um, <laughs> but, uh, oh, those, it's funny because you do get, have like certain routes, if you will, because right. like flight tones don't necessarily have like a regular route per uh-huh. se. But you know, you're like, oh, I'm going from LaGuardia to, J- or LaGuardia to, you know, West Palm Beach and you're like, or Palm Beach International Airport. You're like, shit. <laughs> and I remember one of the last times I did it, it was so awful. And then literally 15 minutes before we landed, I go, we have to fucking go back. <laughs> like it didn't even cross my mind. I'm like, I have to go back. We have to get a whole new set of passengers and go back. <laughs> Like, should I just like pull a Steven Slater, the guy that, you know, blew the slide and like just got bailed? <laughs> Who's a friend of mine? God bless him. But, you know, like I. Mm-mm. He's a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. What did he do again? He was he was the jet blue jumper. Oh, <laughs> so it was in. um Was it JFK? I feel like it was JFK. He was going from Pittsburgh. I remember that. Um The guy on jet blue that uh when they arrived. He blew the slide, grabbed the beers, went down the slide, and took off. Remember, it was like front Why page news. Why did he news. do it? Um, a passenger, when they were, I believe it was Pittsburgh, um, and I'm not giving away anything. I mean, this is all public now. Um, she was hor- horrific to him, like mm. so mean. Here's the thing, too. Uh, we call it, you know, like in aviation terms, go home leg or go home day, right? So once you hit that go home day, well, first of all, you know, all the shit's going to hit the fan because, you know, you're going home, but go home leg. So he literally had one flight to mm. get home. That's something's always going to happen. You know, I don't mean like safety, you know, but right. it's like something's going to happen. And um, yeah, in his case. Uh, this lady was like very, uh, pushy, rude, um, you know, bossing around, like get my fucking bag, like literally, like just was speaking to him like that. And then he was helping with a bag and she grabbed the overhead bin and like slammed it down and cracked him in the oh head. Like he was bleeding. Yeah. And it was go home leg. And he was just like, you know what? I'm going to suck it up and let's just get the fuck out of here. Like, so I can be home in an hour, uh-huh. you know, cause it was like Pittsburgh to New York. And, um, and then when they landed, um, something very similar happened where she was like, where did you put my bat? You know, I wasn't there, right. but like it's something to that effect. And, um, uh, same thing happened and he just, he lost it. He said, I, he said, I just turned around. He was up front. You know, he's like, I turned around. Oh, they make an announcement and on JetBlue and they say like, you know, your, your baggage is a carousel, whatever. Like mm-hmm. usually the gate agent will come on and do it, but I think they do it. And he, he said, I turned around. I looked at the captain, you know, cause you were standing right there up front and he said something to him. I don't remember. And he grabbed the PA and, you know, with all the passengers on board, he was like, it's been a good 20 years, but to that, bitch and <laughs> and you know one a go fuck yourself and whatever and he and he he opened the door like that's an and you know right. the emergency slide deployed and he didn't grab a couple beers which is like that's what the it what he grabbed the whole tray of things in recovery too like you know so yeah. it's really awful Uh-oh. oh and then i guess he went to start to go and he was like shit so he went and grabbed his bag he literally like came right, you know, back five feet, <laughs> grabbed his bag and he went down. He went, I mean, he went to Rikers Island. Wow. Yeah. Poor guy. He's, I mean, he, I, I, 
I'm in contact with him. He's he's doing okay. Is he? He's not still there though, is he? Went <laughs> <laughs> to jail. No, I mean that was like a federal offense. I mean yeah. it was. Yeah, it was very. Those slides alone to repack. No, I mean, no. Is he still still in jail? Is what I'm saying. Oh no, he's good. He's, okay, good. he's out. No, yeah. he's out. Um, and and I'm not gonna. Yeah, because I don't know what his. Yeah, is, but he's he's doing okay. But you know what? Does pack repack repack those slides? That's like twenty to forty thousand dollars. Isn't that crazy? Really? And then just the him leaving or anybody when you when he got off the slide the 15 feet to get you know on the we it's called you know we call it a ramp but the tarmac Mm -hmm. um if you don't have a cyta badge there's like a specific badge if you don't have that and you're not like within the shadow of the aircraft like that was another like ten thousand dollar fine right on top of whatever and then he just like boop he just took off he went straight it was in um long beach yeah Wow. The LBC was like, bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and then he said he got home and I, he was with his boyfriend or husband. I don't remember who it was. And then he was like, boom, boom, boom. You know, they were at the, I mean, like, they were like, yeah, right. no, this is serious. Yeah. Wow. No, but he's, he's out. He's good. Have you ever been in a hairy situation where, um, I don't know, like a, a hairy situation in the air where you thought you were going to crash or or something mm. bad like that happened. I've had a few, not like where I thought we were going to crash, but I thought I had experienced severe turbulence mm-hmm. until I actually <laughs> experienced it. Yeah. Like what, like textbook severe turbulence. Um, so that was awful it was horrific and i was in the back which makes it 500 times worse mm-hmm. and um i was like can i get up to my bag and grab xanax or something <laughs> is there anybody on this plane like you know like it was like very unsafe like you couldn't even get up mm-hmm. like no, i'm kidding about the xanax but right um uh yeah so that was pretty rough and when by the time we landed um we uh they they actually had to pull the plane out of service and then do about a four hour, uh, what do they call it? Uh, they they pulled the plane out of service and did a four hour check on the aircraft, the structural integrity of the aircraft. Mm, it, was it was like so that crazy. bad. In fact, I'm gonna tell you how bad it was. Okay, first of all, go home day. I know that's shocking. Yes, and it was the sh- <laughs> flight before the flight home, and so it was like somewhere else in the East Coast to go to. Um, I think I was in DC. I don't remember DC or somewhere. And, um, so I only literally had one flight to get home. And so everybody had to get off the plane, obviously, because it was going to be four hours. And, um, it was, oh, I mean, like you're hitting the ceiling. Like, I mean, yeah. the plane drops. I mean, people don't understand. Like it's pretty, it gets, you can, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people with pins and, things in their arms and broken legs and necks and all of that stuff. Oh, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So just a heads up when you're in your seat and they say like, you know, even, you know, if the seatbelt signs off, keep your seatbelt on, please do just like for your own safety, because clear turbulence is a thing. So is wake turbulence. I mean, and it can just, the plane's not going to crash. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's, it doesn't, obviously I'm not a pilot, but like that's, it's very right. Like the turbulence, it's very unpleasant and it can be very scary. I understand, but it's not going to crash the aircraft. Right. So it doesn't cause it. Um, okay. Green sleeves NC would like to know, mm-hmm. is it worth buying premium economy? Um, 
Well, I would say if you're going a long distance, you know, somewhere more than a few hours, other than that, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, so like, I wouldn't consider upgrading like for my, I'm just speaking for my, my own thing, like coming here, it would took a little over five hours. So absolutely. I'm like, yeah, but if you're going like an hour or two, who cares? But that's me. I mean, it's preference, but. Um, pears apples has a three part question. Mm. What do flight attendants wish the flying public were more aware of? What things bug flight attendants the most? Any inside tips or tricks that the flying public might find helpful? Well, I do find like a good, uh, tip or trick would be, um, to be, it's so rudimentary and crazy to say, like, just to be nice and say hello and thank you and all of that stuff. But a lot of people do bring, little gifts. And when I say this, obviously never expected or anything like you're, you know, whatever, but like we would get people and they bring chocolates, you know, or Starbucks gift cards. The first time we, the first and only time we flew with Mm -hmm. Elliot, I was like, I'm bringing an almost two year old on the plane. I have no Mm -hmm. idea how he's going to behave. So I bought chocolates for, I bought it there and then coming back Mm -hmm. and gave it to the flight attendants and they, were so appreciative. Of course. So like, it made me think like, do they, does, it seems like they've never had chocolate. They, I mean, they were <laughs> I so know. nice. They love it. And that they kept much. sending stuff back. And that's really not why, like we didn't do it but, to get but free they stuff, will but we nice. did get free stuff. Yeah. That, yeah. It's a thing. That's a very good tip. I mean, I did it as like, here's insurance against my kid being a nightmare. Sorry. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you this too. The flight attendants are the, the one people on the plane that aren't going to, give a shit if Elliot yeah. sat crying if a baby's crying like right I would get I would get angry and I would be defensive you know towards other passengers you know that are like you could see them rolling their eyes and I'm like <laughs> like yeah one I know you have kids PS you were one once you know what I mean like come on like <laughs> I mean and then I know the parents feel like shit oh my god I and then die. you know so I would go over to the parents and you know mom dad whoever and just be like don't worry about it though you know don't or it's it's fine it's a baby like what right like come on um but i think that's a very good tip uh that i do like to tell people again i do like to always preface it's never and ever ever expected but you can tip a flight attendant a lot of times they'll say no and then if you are insistent then they'll take it and i used to get them but but like bringing a thing in like cho- like chocolates or candies or sometimes people will bring like a st- like some, a few, like $5 Starbucks gift cards. That to me would be like, what? I mean, that's amazing. But the logistics of giving it to them, mm-hmm. I I found sort of awkward. It is. So what I did was when I got on, I just handed it to the first one that mm-hmm. I saw. And I'm like, this is this is for you guys. I'm like, you know, can you make sure you yeah. share it? Aww. But like, what would be the smooth way to do that and is it a custom is it automatic that mm-hmm. the flight attendants would share it yeah they would share it okay. for sure i mean you know sometimes there are a whole flight <laughs> attendants obviously but um yeah they would share but i the, what you just what you did for sure or i would wait until you know the flight is above ten thousand feet you know like once oh the that would have been too yeah it, it, either one you know mm-hmm. like maybe before they start doing their service right or, you know like you pop back there and you know walk back to the lab you know the galley sorry and you know hand them that but they trust me 
they're going to be happy regardless. So yeah, it's nice. I mean, it's just even I'm telling you, I had one passenger. I mean, the fact that I remember this, like I had one passenger and I was just so busy, like back and forth and serving meals and whatever. And she stopped me. She physically stopped me and was like, excuse me. And I was like, yeah, I probably was like, all like, oh my <laughs> God. And she was like, I've been watching you. You haven't even sat down in three hours. And she's like, you are doing an amazing job. And I literally was like, this, like, hold on. I was like trying not to cry. Like, (laughs) thank you. Like, you know, I mean, so that to me mean, you know, meant as much for sure. And now when you say tips, like people would hand you cash mm-hmm. sometimes. I mean, probably like, listen, you know, you're going to Vegas. You're coming back for you. Well, not coming back, going to not going back, coming back. But, um, you know, sometimes they would do that. Um, again, I mean, that's not, I mean, if it's, I, and sometimes I would get like, um, even fun little like cheesy touristy things. But the fact that like they thought like, and these are, you know, people that are probably travel quite a bit, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I don't mean business people and, you know, little cute older couple. And they're like, Oh, we brought you each like this little keychain. You know what oh, I mean? Sweet. Like just something like that. I was like, that is so cute. Uh, okay. Corey Hintz says, our flight attendant silently judging us if you order <laughs> two wines instead of one. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I mean, wait, what time is it? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No. And lastly, not. Kevin DeCox, and um, he is also a flight attendant. Go Kevin. Did she ever, and I'm not sure I, you got to explain this one to me. Did she ever, while collecting rubbish in coach, do mm-hmm. the flight attendant secret code, you're <laughs> yes. trash, you're trash, you're trash, sir, <laughs> grammatically correct trick when dealing with a particularly annoying crowd of passengers? What's his name? Uh, his name is Kevin, Kevin D. Yeah, Cox. Kevin. Okay, Kevin. Yes. <laughs> I'm dead. Okay. So as we mentioned before, you know, you're going through and you're collecting rubbish, right? So right. I have the bag and like every 10, 15 minutes. So it's like a safety check and doing that. So, you know, like when you're walking through and, or you're sitting down, right? And I'm like, you're trash, like trash, trash. Uh-huh. So it's like kind of so like you're calling, like, yeah. Them, like, oh, you're trash, <laughs> or you're trash. But or, it sounds you know, like you're saying, yeah, yeah sometimes, yes. So from now on, every time I fly, if they say you're trash, no. I'm gonna wonder. <laughs> they're, not, they're not. But I mean, I know what he's saying. That's yeah. so hilarious. It's 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 more of a thing. It's not even against the the passengers. Right. It's just a thing to get you through. You know, like that. It's just funny. Like you probably, you know, you just get that little inside giggle. Right. That's so funny. <laughs> Sean, it was so nice getting to know you and having you on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, Tell everyone, but plug, plug whatever you'd like to plug. Um, Really just, you can uh, go to Instagram, follow passenger shaming. If you Google it, you'll find all this stuff. It's on Facebook. Do people use Facebook? I don't know. Like old people do. By the way, I just have to call myself out on this. Sean Kathleen is your whole first name, yes? Correct. But you go by SK. Yes. But you probably never go by just Sean. Never. Yes, and I just called you that. That's okay. I feel We'll weird. let it slide. It's okay. Thank you. It's okay. Thank you. Yeah, we're good. Um, We're... Yeah, we're good. I'm like, you're trash, trash, trash. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? I mean, that is totally just an inside thing. Like, yeah, I just want people to know they're not really calling people trash. Right. We, it's very, it's just a little inside thing. But, uh, yeah. So Instagram, uh, passenger shaming on Instagram. If you go on Facebook, there is a Facebook page and I have a Twitter. It's called passenger shame. 
because shaming didn't fit, mm. <laughs> but I, you know, whatever. I don't really tweet. I just do a lot of retweets or whatever. Yeah. Um, you just, just Google it. There's shit on there. I don't know. Like, I think Googling is kind of almost better for that kind of stuff because mm. then you could even read about it, like his articles right. or things will pop up. Right. All right. Look, I'm acting like I don't even do social media every day. Like, I don't know. Like, what <laughs> am I on? Like, it's so ridiculous. And follow me at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. If you like what you're hearing, subscribe, rate, download. Well, download, I feel like is folded in with everything else I just <laughs> said. Um, uh, leave reviews. That helps the show so much. And check out my other podcast that I do with Greg Fitzsimmons, Childish. And I'm on Cameo now. And you're on Cameo too, right? I am. I literally have never... I've never even... You haven't been booked yet? No, I have, but I never have advertised it oh, I'm on there. Okay. Like, I've never said anything. So I did like a couple because I think I had it. I don't know. But someone found me on there and it was something fun. And by the way, that new podcast is killer. I love oh, Greg. I love Greg. Oh, He's my great. God. Yeah. All right. So book us on Cameo. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. SK. Yes. This has been delightful. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Yeah, Allison Rosen is your new best friend.